sitting on the porch with Georgie T. Hearing tales of Tennessee. I am honoured that my guest on today's episode of the Tales of Tennessee podcast is a top US country artist joining me via the wonders of Zoom all the way from Nashville. He's seemingly completely winning at life, having recently achieved his fourth number one consecutive single with Love You Like I Used To from his brilliant 2020 album, Southern Symphony. It is, of course, Russell Dickerson. Welcome to the podcast. Hey, thanks for having me. You're welcome. So for those of us here in the UK who love country music, who listen to country music on the radio, we've been hearing your name since yours came out back in 2016. Can you give us a little bit of a background, like a potted history into the life of Russell prior to this? I mean, you know, it was a grind. I was straight out of college. I had, uh, I was bright eyed and bushy tailed, just straight, you know, straight out of school. And I had signed my first uh, songwriting deal. And so from there, I just hit the road in a 2004 Nissan Armada that is still sitting in my driveway to this day. Love it. Uh, it's a it's a museum exhibit at this point, and uh, we just hit the road, man. If it was if it was a college dorm room, if it was a coffee shop, if it was a venue, if we got to open up for anybody, we were there. You know, like we drove no matter how far we were there, and uh, that that's really how I got my start was on the road. You know, I, I got to open up early back in the day for kit moore montgomery gentry billy currington um i mean you know a lot i got to open up for a lot of great artists mm. and you know that's just how i built my fan base is one one at a time one show at a time one day at a time so until until yours dropped that was that was the method of just going out there pounding the pavement and making new fans and has music always been a part of your life? Like for, as a child, are your family musical? Has it just always been something you've done? Or was there a particular moment that you thought, actually, this is this has got my name on it? Oh, 100%. I grew up in an extremely musical family. My dad was uh, the choir director at church. He was the music minister. And so that was his full-time job. And my mom played piano for him in the choir every Sunday. And she taught piano lessons during the week. Um, on top of teaching music in, you know, for K through third grade here in, in the States. And so, I mean, it was just like, it was just music, music, music from, from the day I was born. And, uh, not only my parents, but my mom's parents were some of the most brilliant musicians I've ever encountered in my life. My, my grandmother was one of the most prolific piano players. Uh, my granddaddy was one of the most talented, uh, or orchestral arrangers that I've, I mean, he would listen to music and literally pencil it on paper. Like, I mean, hundreds of notes at a time, you know what I mean? It's just like, yeah. and he, he would, he would, he would do that. And so, um, you know, I think it's in my blood, my DNA and I'm just, you know, luckily, thank God I get to just walk out this dream that I was created to do. Yeah. And so now I might've got this wrong because I got it from Wikipedia. So don't judge me if it's wrong. Who knows? Um, but I read that uh, you did a bachelor's degree in music. Is that right? Yes. Okay. So over here in the UK, it, that's quite a sort of regular route into musicianship um, for a lot of people. But from what I know about artists in the States, that doesn't seem such a common thing. You know, a lot of the people that I've spoken to have just, you know, they've left school and they've just, I don't know, gone to be a waitress or what have you so they can gig 
all the way through. Is it mm-hmm. is it a sort of common thing? A lot of injured athletes out there, huh? Uh, yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, no, yeah, I, I, uh, you know, it's always been music for me. I've never, it's never been a plan B. I never tried to be a big sports star. I never tried to be anything else, but, uh, you know, an, an artist. And so in music, and that's, that's been my, that's been my dream, my goal. And college, college was a vessel to get there for sure. You know, I met, I met the people that I wrote all four of my number ones with in college. We were best friends. Uh, you know, and so for us to come up together is one of the most special. We were, I was just writing um, yesterday with them and it was just talking about the, our story and talking about how crazy it is that we've all come from, you know, in 2009, 10, 11 to just being friends to now here we are with four number ones uh, all together, all our first four number ones. And so, you know, it's a, that's a special moment yeah, that's awesome. uh, to share with them. And that's what I got. Um, that was the biggest thing I got out of actually getting my degree in college. And when you did your degree, did you have to like specialize in something? Did you have a particular instrument that you played or was it literally a whole all encompassing like music degree doing a bit of everything? Oh uh, no, you, uh, we, I was voice major. Okay. So that was literally singing was my degree. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh, I mean, what an awesome, I'm trying to use it. What an awesome way to, to do it with your with your friends as well. I mean, yeah. I've got some brilliant friends from my university days back in the day. Um, mm. But, you know, to share such success with them as well. I mean, what an awesome thing must be. Absolutely. Extra special. It really is. Um, so special. So you said there wasn't a plan B. Did you kind of have a master plan as how you were sort of envisaging your career going? Or was that just, you know, life never works as planned, does it? Never. Oh, absolutely not. And, you know, my dream, I think my dream is still the end goal. You know, it's it's stadiums. It's it's Garth Brooks and then some. You know what I mean? It's like, I want to... I want to be international. I want to do stadium. I want to, you know, I want to come overseas and sell out stadiums. You know what I'm saying? It's like, so, so what that looks like to get there, I've just kind of left in God's hands. And I just, I just day by day, take it every single day, keep pushing, keep, you know, keep working towards a dream that he's given me. Now it always interests me with artists such as yourself. When you, when you started performing obviously you were probably very green and you'd not really done anything like that but I, I've seen you mm-hmm. live at um the Royal Albert Hall and and you know you've got real charisma on the stage and you're a showman is, is that something you've just learnt by doing getting out there and doing it or did you were the bits of your degree for example that helped you do that like did you have any p- performance lessons or anything like that or is that just learnt along the way? Yeah, no, we definitely had performance lessons. I wouldn't say on such a big scale as what I'm doing now, mm. but um, we definitely had performance, um, you know, classes and exercises. Um, but really, I, I learned it from from the bands and the and the artists that I love to watch, like Garth Brooks, and you know, even just like little bands that would come through Nashville back in the day, um, and to see their stage presence and see, you know, them just to be so excited to be playing music, and that was that's just what was ingrained in me. You know, you practice like you play. Like I love, I, 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 if there's 15 people there, I'm going to put on the exact same show 
as if there's 15,000 people. So, um, you know, that's just, that's just what's ingrained in me. And that's just what I go out there and do every night. Yeah. And what, what is it like? Like, do you have any particular routines before you go on, go on stage? Do you get nervous? Is it just excitement or, you know, talk us through if you're going to, for example, the, the show at, uh, the Albert Hall that I, I saw you perform at, Mm -hmm. What would be your routine? How does how does it all work? What do you feel when you're kind of getting ready for for a show like that? Yeah, I mean, I definitely try to leave an hour before the show just to get my mind prepped, get my head space there. You know, because during the day it's so much. You're going here, you're going there, you're working out, you're writing songs, you're doing this, doing this, and then like at least an hour, I like to just shut down, get dressed, get ready, so I don't have to do anything but just focus on the show. And, um, and then, you know, we all circle up, have a little prayer time, maybe a little, uh, shot of some bourbon whiskey, and then we just go play the show, you know? <laughs> yeah. Love it. And do you get nervous or is it excitement? Um, both. It depends. Um, you know, like Madison Square Garden, Royal Albert Hall, all these iconic venues, mm-hmm. absolutely you get nervous. You don't want to, you don't want to mess up. I mean, they're, they're, and sometimes the excitement, kind of overwhelmed me and i you know like on the thomas rett tour when we played madison square garden like uh, two nights before you know i got so excited we were in chicago and i just totally messed up the the first song of the set like in a in a huge like huge way and like i chipped my tooth on the microphone it was like everything's going wrong and so then the next weekend is is madison square garden and i'm like this can't happen at Madison Square Garden like it's got to be perfect and everything was everything was amazing I cried on stage it was like one of the most memorable shows of my life but um yeah no I definitely get I would say more so excited more so just the anticipation and that kind of that gets the nerves going yeah so 2020 was a huge year for you not only did you release Southern Symphony but you also and most likely more importantly had your first child or your family had your first, oh, yes. your first child. Yes. Remington, is that right? Remington Edward, yep. Lovely. Can, can you tell us about him? What's it been like being a father? What's he like? What's the best bit? Oh, my gosh. Well, I mean, he was he's ginormous. He was born 10 pounds, 4 ounces. Oh, ouch. He, uh, yes. <laughs> Naturally, you know, I mean, Ooh. well, epidural. Yeah. Uh, but... Um, yeah, no, he's 25 pounds now. He weighs as much as a two-year-old. He's in two-year-old clothing, and he is just ginormous. He's so sweet, and uh, we were just on a walk out here, and uh, he just hangs out with us. We take him everywhere. He's the most chill baby, and he just loves life. You know, he loves he loves just like giggling and tickling him and just eating his fat rolls it's the best thing in the world <laughs> i saw a picture you put on instagram actually he just looks absolutely adorable his little fat tummy oh yes i know oh yeah so cute and how how has becoming a father affected you do you think it's changed your mindset in how you view the world at all or is it just you know something that you've been grateful for having the time at home during the pandemic that you can actually sort of embrace it yeah, I think both. I mean, it really has changed my outlook on on the decisions I make for for sure. And but also even in the day in and day out, like if I'm going to if I'm going to write songs, I'm going to be away from my family, then I'm going to make it count. I'm going to make it worth it, you know. And so I, it's made you 
you get a lot more picky with your time and picky with your songwriting and pick, you know, like if we're going to write a song, we're going to write a hit to keep diapers on my baby's butt. Yeah. So, so, uh, you know, that definitely changes the mindset and, and even, and that, that is, you know, that applies to touring too. You know, if we're going to be gone, uh, you know, it's going to be easy. It's going to be, you know, Worthwhile. it's going to be got to be worth our time it's got yeah financially time-wise flights no layovers you know what i mean yeah. <laughs> it's like you got you can't with a baby it's not happening so yeah, yeah you definitely got to be a little pickier and it and it sucks sometimes because you got to miss out on you know great paying gigs and all this stuff but it's like that's just not possible anymore well i think you know there is more to life than you know than the shows and stuff which you, you see when you have a a life-changing experience like i assume having a child would mm-hmm. be it just totally changes yeah. how you look at the world i guess yeah. um so when we've spoken before you'd mentioned that you'd been working kind of on the content for the southern symphony songs for for years mm-hmm. almost the next few songs you've kind of earmarked as your next releases um sort of in the in the future from southern symphony are they have you kind of started working on them are they is that a similar process that they're sort of already kind of almost in production or because of the pandemic have you just been able to sit down and bash out a load of new songs that you wouldn't necessarily have had the opportunity to do if you were off touring and what have you no yeah for sure i would i'd say that i've written record three already like it's i've got the songs for it you know and i've been writing and writing and writing and and like i said like if i'm gonna be away from my son and my wife my family like it's gonna be worth it and it has been it's like my whole team is freaking out you know about about the new song possibly deluxe album coming out hopefully um you know so you know we're just it 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 is it's like it's been an amazing time to just write new music and Mm. i'm gonna try to get it out as soon as possible brilliant i think you know although it's obviously been hideously traumatic for so many people the pandemic Mm -hmm. actually has given everybody time to just take stock and think actually what what is important and spend time with loved ones and and doing different things you know like me starting this podcast it's not something I would ever have done if I hadn't been sitting at home you know with with not much to do so it's uh yeah I think it's been it's been very positive in lots of ways although obviously unfortunately lots of people have had to suffer for for that to to happen um yeah now the this podcast, although obviously we want to get the background story on you and what you're what you're doing and what have you, it's also to sort of find out more about Tennessee and Nashville and you know some secret gems and what what goes on there that we wouldn't necessarily know. So, as I understand, again from Wikipedia, so I might be wrong. Um, you're a Tennessee native, but not from Nashville. So just down mm-hmm. Union City, is that right? Yeah, mm-hmm. in West Tennessee where I was born and then we moved to Nashville when I was 10 and yeah okay and so what what is Union City like what happens what goes on in Union City oh man it's a small town so it's uh I mean I I actually that's what Southern Symphony is about is Union City and growing up there and it really is I talk about cornfields and tobacco fields and you know that's that's a lot of the a lot of the real estate there is cornfields um yeah I mean I just remember we we rode our bikes over every square inch of that town. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's a pretty, pretty rural country upbringing and, you know, church every Sunday, like I said, and, mm. in the song. And, um, yeah, I mean, so I left when I was 10, so it wasn't like I, I really had like lived a lot of life, 
in that town. But I mean, but did, I mean, it still it still holds such a, a sweet spot in my heart. Yeah. So actually, Southern Symphony is my favorite song from the album. I have to say. Oh and, yes. Uh, and it really. It's everything that I would expect small town US to be mm-hmm. friendly people waving at each other all the time, you know, yeah, going yeah. to church every Sunday and what have you. So, no, I uh, absolutely love that song. Um, I think it's really kind of evocative and it's just what you would expect country music to be. Right. Yeah. 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 So, so you moved to Nashville quite young. Why, why was that? Was that for your parents to be involved in, in music? Yeah, it was my dad's job. Yeah, my dad's job brought him to Nashville. And so, you know, I was obviously sad at the time, but it was the best move of of my life. And it brought me here. And, uh, you know, just growing up here, I got to see so many artists, you know, like Josh Turner sang in my dad's church choir um, when when he was in college. And Dirk Bentley used to go to my dad's church. And, you know, just like, it's just so cool to, to see people like that and follow their career and you know, i remember some i saw something on luke bryan way early on his first album and i just you know would follow him and to see all these artists just still to this day crushing it i just really you know look up to them and admire them um josh turner was my first ever interview that i did last summer not for the podcast but um actually for somebody else's podcast and i have never been so yeah. terrified in my life uh, but oh, he was wow. just an absolute gentleman yeah, I'm a he's awesome. Big fan. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, what are the most amazing things about Nashville that us Brits might not know, and what should we? Oh my god! Yeah, what should we explore if we were going to come over there? The food culture here has exploded, and the la- the restaurants here are. I mean, they're as good as anywhere else in the world. I'd say they're. It. it I mean, you just throw a dart anywhere, and it's amazing food because, like, it's gotten to the point now where it's so good that if it's if it's a bad restaurant, it's gone in like three months. Mm. You know what I mean? Like it just, it's so good. Um, obviously the Grand Ole Opry, you got to go to the Grand Ole Opry or the Ryman. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, there's, we got a hockey team, football team, whatever's in season. It's like, it really is becoming one of the best cities in America. I think it already is. Yeah. And so, I mean, there's just so many, I mean, there's, there's nature trail. We love hiking. We love, um, you know, Percy Warner Park. We love all these different places to just hike and stuff. And so there's that. And, you know, because you, you go 10 minutes out of town and you're you're basically in the mountains. So it's just like the perfect mountain. You get every, all four seasons here. Um, so if you're here in the fall, I think that's the best. That's the best time to be in Nashville. And... So just quickly going back to the food culture, what if you had mm-hmm. to name your favorite restaurant in Nashville, what would oh, it be? Oh gosh. What's our favorite restaurant in Nashville, babe? I like that you're we asking lo- the boss. I know. Huh? Yeah, there's there's one called Modo, which is like a uh Italian vibe. Yeah. Love that place. Great wine list. We love wine. Yeah. If we if you can't tell from my Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> um and then this place called santo in uh green hills here is just uh, I, those are probably our two faves for sure and what about venue if you were going to play any venue okay let's take out the opry and the ryman yeah. and the bluebird if you yeah. had to play another venue in nashville where would it be 
Not Nissan the Stadium. Oh, okay. Okay, <laughs> not the stadium. Not the stadium. Um, I don't know. I love Ascend. Ascend Amphitheater is like, we played there with Thomas Rhett mm-hmm. in 2017. And so uh, that was that was honestly my dream to have my record release party there. And then obviously 2020 happened. But yeah, um, yeah no, it's uh, I would love to. Uh, I'd love to play Ascend. Yeah. Once this opens back up. Absolutely. And obviously you had a hideous bombing on Christmas Day on Second Avenue. How is how is that coming along? I'm I'm assuming it's gonna be a long time before it's all kind of repaired and back up and running again. How has that affected mm-hmm. the atmosphere in Nashville? How are people sort of bouncing back from that? Man, oh I mean Nashville's resilient in, in every single way. You know, it's we get a flood here every every few years. Everybody comes together and unifies for that. And, you know, there's nothing in this bombing, you know, it's like there's nothing that can tear this city apart. And, you know, it's just Nashville strong. Mm. Yeah, I think that's great. And And obviously it's completely different. But over here, the vibe that I get from the country music industry um, as a whole is very similar to that. You know, everyone's kind of really supportive of other people, want people yeah. to... to succeed which is a really nice nice place to work in um and makes everything right. a whole lot yeah. a whole lot easier um okay so what about anywhere a little bit further afield than nashville sorry anything what a little bit further afield than nashville sort of in tennessee where would oh, we, you know if you were going to go oh, for a man. weekend break in tennessee somewhere we, where would you go? we love going to we love going east east tennessee you know there's gatlinburg I'm sure everybody says Gatlinburg, but we love camping. And so going camping in the Smoky Mountains is like the most magical thing in the entire world. It's just like we I mean, we went one time when we camped next to the Buffalo River. Buffalo River? I forget what river it is, but we just literally camped next to a river. And it was the most magical camping experience of our lives. So, yeah, you know, it's like that. uh anything east you know any anything around gatlinburg is just magical yeah i think from from us over here because it's we you know we're such a tiny country so it's just mind-blowing when we come over there because you don't need to go very far and you've just got like a whole different world yeah um, right exactly you know we don't so we don't awesome yeah so do you have any plans to head back to the uk in the future obviously i know it's really difficult to to say one way or the other this year especially yeah I mean, we we have plans in our mind. We don't have plans on paper yet, but uh, we definitely have plans to come back to the UK. Big time. Yeah. And what did you what did you think of the UK when you came over when you were supporting Darius? What what did you think about it? Um. Oh, I mean, oh, we that was. You can be our, honest. It's fine. Well, no, no, no. That was like our fourth time over there. Yeah. And that was we we actually got to enjoy. We actually got to enjoy our time there and take time to just walk around. And, you know, it just, it, it was like, I don't know, we, with Darius, his, his schedule is a lot more lax than, than it would be with just us. So, um, yeah, no, it was, it was beautiful. I mean, I just, I can't wait to get back there. ASAP. Yeah. And do you know much about like the country music scene in the UK? Have you heard many country, UK country artists at all? Uh, there's been a few, I can't, 
I can't remember specifically, but we've played we've played a few festivals. Yeah. Um, where you know they were they were opening up and they were playing and it, I mean I was blown away by by the sound and you know it's just like I mean they're they're hanging they're writing great songs they're making mm-hmm. great music and so you know I'd love to tour with with a few of them when we come back over there yeah yeah that would be great it's it's really interesting to see kind of an American's point of view because when you're so sort of involved in the, in the industry yourself it's difficult to see sort of a a different different mindset so I I run a festival actually called Tennessee Fields and Lauren Elena headlined it back in 2019 um can you suggest any really impressive new U.S. artists that the likes of me when I'm planning my festival should be looking at kind of the younger Uh, people that are possibly a little bit under underexposed yeah um I'd say I mean, Nico Moon, he just had a big hit here in the, in the States with, uh, I think it's called Good Time. Yeah. That's a great song. Um, newer artist. Gabby Barrett, obviously, is crushing it right now. Yeah. Um, let's see. Newer artists. Who else is? Um, who? Oh, Matt Stell. Yeah. He's had a couple num- numero unos. Yeah. Um, yeah. Those are those are probably the up and comers that I'm stoked about. Yeah, there's a over the I think another this is another th- good thing to have come from the pandemic is that there's just been so many artists doing stuff digitally that it's been so much more accessible for us, you know, over here to meet new artists and to hear new artists, right? And everything. Yeah, so, um, absolutely. So just. To sort of round off the podcast, what has been your most embarrassing moment when you've been out gigging? <laughs> oh gosh, I mean, ugh, yeah, I think it was earlier on we uh, we had. I mean, this was like the biggest show we had ever played at this point. I think there was like ten thousand people at this festival, and uh, we had a new keyboard player, and he started he started playing the song in the wrong key and it was like not even like close to the same key it was like just so far off and for me it was so low and like so i started the song and i was like uh, I was like step back from the mic i was like nope that's not it and it's like a really intimate moment with like you know ten thousand people at this festival who are like trying to party and i'm playing this like slow ballad song and so i step back from the mic and all right cool let me figure it out and I and I go back in again, and I'm like, and I'm like, nope, this isn't right. So like, I did that times, and I was like, all right, y'all, I'm sorry, we just got to stop, we got to figure this out here. And so I literally had to stop in front of ten thousand people and like restart the song. That's the only time I've ever had to do that. And so, so yeah, that was that's probably my most embarrassing embarrassing moment for sure. But I reckon they probably loved it. The crowd probably loved it because it makes oh, you yeah, more yeah, human. We, exactly, it? we made it fun. We made a joke of it. Yeah. So, and yeah. and so, what was your best gig ever? Oh gosh! Would that be the Madison Square Gardens? Yeah, that was. If I was headlining, that would have been the best. Yeah. You know, but we only got what twenty. So I don't know. You know how many? But like, I love headlining so much. This like, probably, man, I don't even know. The first one that comes to mind. There's, I remember there was a place in Boston, Paradise Rock Club. It was one of my first places I sold out. This was 2017, 2018. And it was like 
we sold over a thousand tickets at the time. That was huge yeah. for me. And, you know, they, 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 uh, we sold it out and they sold more tickets and then we sold it out. And so, you know, that was just like, that was huge. I love the fact that people are showing up to hear these songs. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I just remember crying on stage just from being completely overwhelmed. Everybody screaming these songs as loud as they could, you know? And so, yeah, it's just been a, it's been, that was one of the, that's one of the ones that sticks out to me. Yeah. It must be some feeling, you know, standing up there, hearing everybody else singing your song back to you. That must be pretty special. I mean, that's, that's why I started doing it, honestly, because that's what I love to do mm. is bands that I love to, to love to listen to and artists. I love going to their shows. I love, you know, screaming every word from the crowd and the fact you know, that's the best feeling for me. And so as an artist, I was like, I want to do that. I want to be the guy on stage. And so that's what kind of got me hooked. Yeah, that's awesome. Okay. And so what would be your favorite country road trip song? If you were heading off for, oh, a, wow. for a weekend away, do you have a go-to country song that you would put on the radio? And if, if it's not country, what is what would be your go-to road trip song? Oh, I'd probably say Kenny Chesney, Summertime. Okay. You know, that or, I don't know, like Willie Nelson on the road again. Yeah. Um, Rascal Flatts, Life is a Highway. Um, let's see. Tim McGraw, something like that. Love that one. So what, that's probably you, my top. What type of music do you listen to? You know, if you go home at night, do you listen to to just country music, or what other types of genres do you do you like? Honestly, when when uh, when we uh, when I get home and you know we're cooking dinner, open a little wine, I put on a little smooth jazz. Love it. <laughs> Bit unexpected. Yeah, yeah. just so. like instrumental, chill, smooth, smooth jazz, and uh, yeah, love it. Brilliant. So what are your plans for 2021? Uh, we got a big tour announcement coming out very soon. And that's yeah. for that's for later in 2021. And uh, until then, we're just going to be kind of playing shows here and there. Um, hopefully doing a deluxe album. Um, maybe more music coming after that, too. Yeah. So it's just a new era for, for Russell Dickerson. And, you know, we're on a, a new wave. We're about to put out a whole bunch of music. So brilliant. So fired up. That is exciting. And so where can people follow you or find you if they want to, if they want to find out more information? Yeah. You just russelldiggerson.com. Uh, all my, all my socials is at Russell, R-U-S-S-E-L-L-E-D. Yeah. Brilliant. Okay. Well, thank you so yeah. much, Russell. It's been an absolute hey. pleasure. And, Thanks, Georgie. Um, yeah. Looking forward to Hope seeing you, you when you can finally day. get back over here. Yes, indeed. Thank you yeah. so much. Brilliant. Thank you. Take care. All right. See you soon. Bye. So to recap Russell's uh, recommendations of where to eat, what to do, what to see in Nashville and Tennessee, he would recommend the Starwood Amphitheater as being his favorite venue other than stadiums and the Ryman and the Opry in Nashville. Um, For food, he recommends Santo in Green Hills or Moto, which is in McGavock Street in Nashville. And if you're heading a little further afield from Nashville, he suggests anywhere East Tennessee towards Gatlinburg. He said it's absolutely gorgeous. (laughs) 
You have been listening to the Tales of Tennessee podcast with me, Georgie T. You can keep up to date with the podcast by following us at talesoftennessee.podbean.com or by following all of our social media channels for the Tennessee Fields Festival. The handle is at TNFieldsFest on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook. You can also follow me, Georgie T, on Instagram at the underscore accidental underscore everything. We'd love to hear from you. So don't forget, you can email us at talesoftennessee at yahoo.com. And as always, thanks go to Francis and Archie Ween for providing the jingles for this podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Sitting on the porch with Georgie T. Hearing tales of Tennessee.